Welcome to the Jaguar King Podcast. I'm your host, Armin. I talk everything Jaguars football, usually in tears. So if you like anything Jaguars or anything NFL related, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. It really helps my channel grow. And without further ado, in this week's episode, a new era begins in Jacksonville. Finally, finally, this freaking season is over. A season in which we lost 15 games on the year, a 15-game losing streak, but we have three moral victories. First, we fired Dave Caldwell, our former GM who we had for eight years and now much winning. Second, we got the first overall pick and potentially got Trevor Lawrence for our future. And third, Doug Marone and his coaching staff, hopefully soon to follow, is gone. And pack your lunch meat with you, punk. On a serious note, no hard feelings for my man's Doug. He finished his career with the Jaguars with a 23-43 and 43 career record and brought the Jags to their only playoff appearance in the last decade and even brought them to the AFC Championship game where they're a quarter away from the Super Bowl. So us Jags fans will always thank you for that, Doug. I think Marone will actually go down as one of the most likable bad coaches. He was honestly dealt a pretty shitty hand after the AFC Championship game. Tom Coughlin was in the building shaking his fist at everyone until he eventually got fired and that whole team fell apart. And this year, the writing was on the wall for him. I think he knew going into the season the roster wasn't as good as it was. And he was a professional throughout the season. Anytime people took jabs at him, he handled everything well. He handled everything well even during the Coughlin tenure when shit was hitting the fan. And the players actually played hard for him even though he didn't know which QB gave us the best chance to win. The players vouched for him even during the midst of this 15 losing streak. So that definitely speaks volumes of who he is as a person. But unfortunately as a coach of an NFL team, your wins define you, not necessarily your personality. So you weren't the worst guy to root for, Doug, especially considering who you took over for. Gus Bradley was for sure one of the worst coaches probably ever in the NFL. So to that, I raise my fried bologna sandwich to you, Doug. Good luck in the future. Now let's let go of the past and focus on our future. And let's talk about five potential NFL head coaching candidates for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The first coach I want to talk about is former college coach Urban Meyer. He's first on my list, and not because I think he's the best fit for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he's currently being rumored hard to be going to Jacksonville Jaguars as their next head coach. Some are saying there's no truth to these rumors, and others are saying he's already forming a staff to be a head coach. And Doug Marone's on it. I'm just kidding, but that would actually be pretty funny. So let's take a quick look at Urban Meyer and some of the pros and cons of him as a head coach. The first pro being his name is Urban. It's pretty cool. But most importantly, what Urban Meyer has going for him is he's a winning coach and has built winning programs. Every single team he's been a head coach for at the collegiate level has been a winner. Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State. He finishes his college record with a 187 wins to 32 losses, making him the third highest winning percentage of any college coach in the history of the sport. He also has three national championships in his tenure as a college head coach, along with numerous bowl wins. I'm not sure, but obviously national championships fuck harder than bowl wins. Another pro I want to mention with Urban Meyer is his player management. I know you're probably thinking, what are you talking about player management? The guy had 31 players arrested in his six-year span at Florida. But hear me out on this. In 2008, a Florida Gator team that won a national championship had Aaron Hernandez, and we all know his life took an unfortunate turn. That team also had Cam Newton before he was wearing ridiculous outfits. Apparently, he was stealing people's laptops. It also had wide receiver Riley Cooper, who you don't want to meet at a Kenny Chesney concert. Also, a wide receiver that had Percy Harvin, who's probably high before every single game. He also had the Pouncy Twins on the offensive line, and the team was led by no other than Tim Tebow. If this is not an ESPN 30 for 
30 in a few years, I'm going to make it myself because that's absolutely absurd. Despite all the baggage that comes with Urban Meyer, a lot of rumors about him faking health issues to leave early, a lot of rumors about him mishandling other players and giving better treatment to starters and things like that. The dude was a winner. So if you look past all those things, he won three national championships and clearly knows how to build a college football team. Which brings me to the next point. He only has experience at the college level. Yeah, he's won a lot, but the NFL game and the college game are two different things. It is not to say that he wouldn't have success in the NFL level. It's definitely a risk you take because it's a different style of coaching. I feel that the Jags fans right now are at a 50-50 split for Urban. People like the winning culture. He'd probably been with him, but they don't like all the accusations and things like that. So if he's hired, we'll see what happens. The second candidate I want to talk about is Brian Dayball, the Bills offensive coordinator. Dayball has a lot of NFL experience. His first coaching experience in the NFL started in the year 2000 under Bill Belichick as a defensive coaching assistant. The reason Dayball is high on a lot of people's list this year is the work he did with Josh Allen this year at QB. He took a guy who would rifle passes 20 feet above his wide receiver's head and formed a suitable offense for him to succeed in. Now, obviously, Josh Allen had to work on his mechanics and things like that, work with different QB coaches in the offseason, but it seems that Dayball is using the pieces he has around him and the strengths of Josh Allen correctly. While he has no head coaching experience, he does have some offensive coordinator experience in the past. Unfortunately, though, they have not been the best for him. In 2009, he was with the Browns. He had the 32nd ranked offense. And in 2010, they only approved the 29th ranked offense. In 2011 with the Dolphins, he had the 22nd ranked offense. And in 2012 with the Chiefs, he had the 24th ranked offense. But the QBs he was working with were nothing to be excited about. And there are no Trevor Lawrence, bitch. Freaking declare already, dude. People will credit Bill's GM for building a really good team there in Buffalo, which he did, but Brian DeBall's ability to use all the pieces he has to build the second-ranked offense in the NFL is definitely intriguing. The third candidate is Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, aka spin around in circles at the line of scrimmage because you're bored and you have Patrick Mahomes at QB. Bieniemy has garnered a lot of interest over the years as a head coach, but he's never landed a head coaching gig and he's already set to do interviews this year. What Bieniemy has going for him is that he's been a part of basically one of the most successful offenses for the past three years in the NFL, including winning a Super Bowl with that offense. The biggest downfall that I see is that he does not call plays and Andy Reid is in charge of calling plays as the head coach. But he comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree, which we all know has a solid trunk. Other coaches that have come from this tree, Doug Peterson, Sean McDermott, and Ron Rivera, who have all had some success at the NFL level. Even without the play calling thing, the fact that he's still involved in the creativity process of using Patrick Mahomes and all those weapons, again, is something to look forward to. The fourth candidate I want to talk about is Greg Roman, the Ravens offensive coordinator. When teams passed on Lamar Jackson in the 2018 NFL draft, the Ravens decided not to, and not only that, they went full in on him and built the team and offense around Lamar Jackson to succeed. Greg Roman has similar experience with the skill set of a Lamar Jackson because he used to be offensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers when they had Colin Kaepernick. Greg Roman built his offense around Lamar Jackson and he was the MVP last year. So Greg Roman in the NFL has had a lot of success orchestrating a strong rushing attack and working with dual threat QBs. It'll be interesting to see what he could do with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence can run, but he's definitely not a dual threat QB. Uh, by definition, I guess. So I guess the question is, would Greg Roman succeed in building an offense with a more traditional pocket passer, or would James Robinson just have 3,000 yards rushing next year? And my fifth candidate, I'm going to go with defense. You know what they say, defense wins championships unless you play in high-powered offense. So the, my fifth candidate is Robert Sala, 49ers defensive coordinator. 
Robert Sala's first NFL experience was actually with Pete Carroll while they built that Legion of Boom and had a very dominant defense over there. And then actually he came over to the Jacksonville Jaguars when Gus Bradley was hired as head coach to be the Jaguars linebacker coach where he got to work with Paul Pozlesny, Miles Jack, Tovin Smith, and players like that. And then after the Jaguars, he got hired at the 49ers to be their defensive coordinator. And from 2017, taking one of the worst defenses in the NFL and consistently getting better every single year. And in 2019, he had the second-ranked defense, making a trip to the Super Bowl, playing the Kansas City Chiefs, where they fought hard, but... Pat Mahomes nonetheless beat them that game. I do want to throw in an honorable mention in Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. Joe Brady's only 31 years old, so if we have players who are injured, we know we got a guy who could suit up in there and he wouldn't look any different than the players. While I don't see him becoming a coach yet, obviously what he's done so far in his resume is work with Joe Burrow and have a successful season with him, and then come over to the NFL and had success with Teddy Bridgewater, even without Christian McCaffrey, their best player on the field the whole season. So that's been pretty impressive, and it would be a bold move. And then actually while I'm recording this, um, I just saw a report on my phone that Jaguars are requesting Arthur Brown from the Titans, their offensive coordinator, to be head coach. That'll be pretty interesting. Obviously, what he's done with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and researched Ryan Tannehill's career, and right now they have a top-five offense, so that'll be pretty interesting, too. He wasn't on my initial list, but that just came about. There are reports that Khan wants to hire as head coach before he hires his GM. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's not the traditional way to go about it, but it's been done before. I think Pete Carroll was hired as a head coach before the Seahawks brought in their general manager. Perhaps after dipping his toes in the NFL, Shad Khan feels that the head coach is more valuable than the GM, so he'd rather make sure he hires the right head coach and then finds his GM after to compliment the head coach. I personally I think the opposite way. I think it starts from the top. I think if you have a good GM to evaluate talent who can find the right head coach and it kind of has that trickle-down effect. But we'll see how this offseason pans out and if we get a coach before we do get a GM. So those are five candidates I can see the Jaguars taking as their next head coach. Those are the five, I guess, hottest names on the market right now, at least from what I'm seeing. The Jaguars definitely have one of the most attractive spots for a head coach and GM with all the picks they have and all the money they have for free agency. So it'll be interesting to see who we interview and who wants to come be a Jaguars head coach. Comment down below some names you think that you'd want to see as a Jaguars head coach and let me know what you think of these five candidates. Do you think they could be the head coach? Do you like any of them? Do you dislike any of them? Definitely leave your comments down below as to who you'd like to see next year. Thank you all for sticking around for my horse shit. Thank you all those who have subscribed to my channel. You're your support means a lot to me and I'll see you for the next video. Mm -hmm.